Good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for coming tonight. Those of you who have been here, and we'll be praying for those who couldn't make it. Uh, so I started a, a series uh, titled Understanding the Mystery. And so we'll be starting in Ephesians chapter 3 tonight, so you want to go there. Uh, quick couple announcements. Uh, if you haven't heard, we do have an official date set for Sound Words Bible Church. Uh, that will be January 5th. We'll be meeting at Impact Sports at 10.30 a.m. So um, there's an event created on Facebook for you to share there to kind of spread the news to friends and family that will be meeting there. Uh, those of you who are tuning in line, we do live stream and upload all of our messages to quite a different places. And quick plug here, you can find Sound Words Podcasts on Spotify. For those who are wanting to have a commute, you have to drive a lot. It's a great channel for you just pull up the podcast and jump in and keep up with the studies. Uh, we do load all of these messages up to my personal YouTube page, Alex Blingett. And hopefully getting past the new things on December 10th, I hope that my page will still remain up there. We'll see, but as long as we can still use it, it's going to be, we're going to be uploading videos to Alex Blingett. And also we have a page, SoundWords uh, page on Facebook, where we will post all the videos there as well. So if you are tuning in for the first time, or maybe uh, you've tuned in a couple times, there's a resource right there for you. You can easily kind of get caught up with all the different series and messages that we've done. I believe there's 58 messages there that we've done over the past two or three years. So... Um, we're in a series now that I've titled Understanding the Mystery. So let's read, read the, the first uh, couple verses and, and what inspired it, and we'll unpack it. Uh, so we're in Ephesians chapter 3. If you have a pen, paper, I encourage you to jot down these Bible verses so you can check them out at a later time. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul writing to the Ephesians. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if ye heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, to you, word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So... We have this series that I'm titling it Understanding the Mystery, and I'm kind of unpacking these 11 mysteries that were unique to Paul's apostleship that were not revealed until him. And in part one, for those of you who are kind of getting into this series, part one, I, I, I went over four mysteries. One was the gospel of Christ. And that's Christ dying for our sins according to the scriptures, being buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And it wasn't just for Israel, it was for everybody. Christ died for the ungodly heathen to be testified in due time. And Paul was that apostle that was revealed that body of truth. We also talked about the gospel of the grace of God. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And, it, and here we talked a little bit about it, and I want to explain a little bit more on the foundation. And then, number three, we talked about the great mystery of all the mysteries, which is the church, the body of Christ. And the one thing I told you last time, if there's anything that you took away from part one, is if you've trusted in the gospel of Christ, your identity 
is not the nation Israel. You have become one with the Lord of his flesh and of his bones. That's why we're called members of the body of Christ. And what I kind of explained was, and there's a couple things I want to touch on. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're reading Christ's earthly ministry to the nation of Israel. The book of Acts is the Acts of the Apostles. It's everything happening after the cross of Christ. God saves a man named Saul, whose name is later changed to Paul. And he gets saved in Acts 9. And in Acts 13 is when you start seeing his ministry taken off. And from Acts 13 to Acts 20, Paul is, after his manner was, going into the synagogues, reasoning out of the scriptures, because salvation was to the Jew first and then to the Greek. And then when we get to Acts 20, Paul goes into prison. Now, there's a 30-year time period, roughly, in this area, okay? And Peter says that Paul's epistles are hard to be understood. And there's great confusion when it comes to Paul's epistles. And rightly so. Because in the beginning of his ministry, I'm just going to say this is pre-prison. He wasn't in prison yet. He was going to the Jews. And I told you in the message that there were over 105 times where Paul directly or indirectly referenced the scriptures of the Old Testament. And I showed you the books that he wrote before he went into prison. Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians. And then I showed you how many times he quoted out of the scriptures in each of those books. 37 times he quotes the Old Testament scriptures in the book of Romans. Why? Because he's going to the synagogue. He's reasoning with them out of the books of the law, out of Moses. In 1 Corinthians, he quotes the scriptures 14 times. 2 Corinthians, 7 times. Galatians, 6 times. And then here in his prison epistles, there's only three, two times in Ephesians and one in 1 Timothy. And that's important. I think it's very important because there's things that you could search in the Old Testament scriptures that were kept secret. They were hidden in the scriptures. Then there's things what Paul talks about, the unsearchable riches of Christ in the book of Ephesians, that you can't find these things in the Old Testament. You can't find it anywhere outside of Paul's epistles. So how do you know when Paul's in prison or not in prison? Well, three key words. And I encourage you to write these words down in your own time. Go and look for them. Pull up a King James Bible app or just a King James Bible. Look for chains. Look for bonds. And look for the word prisoner. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Uh, remember my bonds. Uh, remember my chains. Those words, you'll see them in these books. Now there's one, I believe it's Titus. You won't find any reference. I think he, he was going in and out of prison. So I think he was probably being transitioned in that time period. But there's things that Paul, he didn't just, bam, he just received the revelation. No, he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I will come unto visions and revelations of the Lord. So he was downloading the full revelation. And he says a dispensation of God was given on him to fulfill the word of God. In other words, his 13 epistles completed this book. Now we have every single thing that God wants to know in this book. Now all I have to do is study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that he is not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Another point I want to make before we move on. 
in these pre-prison epistles, you see a lot of signs, wonders, and ordinances in these books. These books are hard to be understood. Because if you really dive into those books, it can kind of get confusing. Because you'll be reading things like, Oh, thou harlot south the Jew. The audience mainly is Jew. But then he'll, in his epistle, address the Gentiles. I speak to you Gentiles. And as much as I'm apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. And then you get to Corinthians. Corinthians were mainly Jews, that, uh, Gentiles that went to the synagogue. They blessed Israel. They kept the commandments and ordinances that Paul was given in Acts 15. And when you get to Galatians, still dealing with the circumcision. You read a lot of things in the circumcision. And now Jews coming behind Paul to the churches that he established and now trying to bring them back under the law. And he's saying, you're not under the law, you're under grace. You're being removed from him that called you to the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. And then you get to uh, First and Second Thessalonians, and these guys were being juked into thinking that the Lord had already returned, and they missed the second, they missed Christ coming on the clouds, because there are Jews saying, "Oh, you know what? Christ has returned already." So, signs, wonders, and ordinances you're going to see here in Paul's early ministry. And then when you get to Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, First and Second Timothy, Titus, Philemon. There's things that are changing, and Paul's no longer going into the synagogues. Why? Because he's in prison. And now, he's revealing the full revelation, and you're receiving, really, what happened at the cross. Blotting out of the handwriting of ordinances, and abolishing it in Christ's flesh. So, I'm, I'm quoting a lot of scriptures, and you're going to have to go receive these things and check them out in your own time, whether these things are so. Right? So, now, part two, I want to talk about... The Greater Commission. Now, there's a reason why I'm saying the Greater Commission, because I think majority of today are trying to live out the Great Commission. And let's go there. Matthew chapter 28. Today there's a couple things I want to talk about. Four new mysteries. Well, they're not new, but four mysteries that were revealed to Paul. One is going to be the setting aside of Israel. Two is the equality of Jew and Gentile. Three is one baptism. And four is the new commission to preach. So, if you will, we're going to look at Matthew 28. And we're going to read verse 19 and 20. Now, some people might be able to quote these things like the back of their head because that's what they've been raised with. So, I want to address a couple things here. In Matthew 28, 19-20, this is the so-called Great Commission that a lot of Christianity observes today. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So most churches will just stop right there. Alright, this is what we got to do. We got to go now and teach all nations. We got to send missionaries overseas into all these different countries. We got to baptize them, water baptize them in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's what we need to do. And lo and behold, there's tons of ministries doing this today. I mean, just pull up. You can see it. And people generally think that they're doing the will of God. They think they're doing what they're supposed to. But look at verse 20. Pay, pay attention to this. Verse 20. Teaching them. 
Well, if you look at verse 19, was it a semicolon? No, there's a colon after it. So it's expounding a little bit more. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Context, context, context. It is so important. Who is Jesus speaking to in verses 19 and 20? Well, it tells you right there in the scriptures in verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus appointed them. So Jesus is speaking to the eleven apostles. Why? Because Judas committed suicide. So it's these eleven apostles. What did Jesus command those apostles? Go to Matthew chapter 10. It's earlier in the book. Hang a left. Matthew chapter 10. We'll start in verse 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Jump to verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them. What did he just tell them in Matthew 20? Of teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. Look what did he command them. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not. This is a commandment from the Lord Jesus Christ. But go ye rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as ye go preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So here in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this is before Christ went to the cross. <clears throat> He's preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom, the good news concerning the kingdom of Israel being restored to its glory as it had in the Old Testament, and that they're going to have a kingdom restored to them, and they're going to have a king that's going to sit on that throne physically on that plot of land in the earth. And all nations are going to be blessed to that nation. That's what God was dealing with at that time. And he commanded his twelve... Don't go into the way of the Gentiles. Then when we read the book of Acts, God does something different with this man named Saul and says, he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the children of Israel, the kings and the Gentiles. And Paul explains later in his epistles in Romans, I'm the apostle of the Gentiles. I magnify mine office. He's the only one that held that office. And Gentiles means Everybody, if you're tuning in, it's the first time Gentiles means all nations. It's not just Israel. There's something different and unique with him. Alright, um, so, 12, go not into the way of the Gentiles. Jesus Christ himself even said in Matthew 15, go there. Matthew 15. <laughs> Matthew 15, verse 24. A Gentile woman is crying to Jesus to kill her daughter that's grievously vexed with the devil. And she's crying and crying. He's not answering her word. And the disciples, in verse 23, came and besought him, saying, Send her away. This is the twelve, talking to Jesus. Send her away, for she cried after us. And Jesus, let's look at his response. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Why would Jesus say that? Well, at this time, we don't have Paul's epistles. We don't have the revelation of the mystery. We don't have the complete fulfilled word of God. 
when we're back here, God was just dealing with Israel. But then we received the mystery that Christ died for everybody through Paul. That's why he said that, and a lot of people struggle with this verse, because they're like, oh my gosh, you mean Jesus didn't come for me? No, he came for you, it just hadn't been revealed yet. That's why it's so important that you understand the Bible as a timeline, and that you learn context, and what's going on in the scriptures. So, the next mystery, I told you, was the setting aside of Israel. Let's go to Romans, chapter 11. Not... Now we're pre-prison epistle, right? In Romans 9, 10, 11, Paul is explaining basically to the Jews what happened to Israel because they're confused. What's going on? And in Romans chapter 11, he says, in verse 25, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits that blindness in part has happened unto Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out a Sion the deliverer and shall turn away God and godliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. So Paul's talking about this covenant referring to the covenant of Abraham, this covenant of circumcision, and that he's going to restore and save Israel from their sins. So God made a promise, he's still going to do it. But you don't need, you shouldn't be ignorant that blindness happened to Israel. God set them aside. Now he's building the body of Christ through everybody, dealing with individuals, not a nation. And until this time is filled up and the body of Christ is fully formed and catches up, the body of Christ, that great catching up, the rapture, well then, God's going to go back and deal with this covenant with Israel. That's what we just read. So this was a mystery. This was a mystery. And you can actually search this out in the Old Testament Scriptures. Go read Hosea. Look at the three chat children of Hosea. Laruma, uh, Jezreel, Loamai, and the meanings of the names. God's going to no longer have mercy. He's going to scatter and sow them. And then he's ultimately going to declare them, not my people. Hosea prophesied that. Guess what? We're living in that time right now because Israel is not my people today. God's people are the church, the body of Christ, those who are putting their faith and trust in what Christ did on the cross and that his blood, his sacrifice, his death, failure, and resurrection, resurrection is enough for them. His grace is enough for you to save you. Not your works, not your works of righteousness, not anything that you can do in the flesh. Because you're not saved by works. You're saved by His work and faith at Calvary. It's called the faith of Christ. Read about it. You need to have a King James Bible, because it's the only Bible that you're going to find the faith of Christ in. Now, um, I'm just going to side note, because this is just making me go somewhere. I had a question that a viewer asked me, you know. Are you a King, King James Bible only, only, uh, only a son, if you want to call it that way? And, you know, the way I kind of approach this, and this question, and how I, I approach people, and I kind of learned the hard way, I'll just say it that way. Um, we all are individuals, and God's dealing with us as individuals, and we're to speak the truth in love. Now, I read out of an NIV Bible for seven years, read that thing through and through, and studied it. 
And interesting enough, I highlighted the entire books of Ephesians and Colossians, and I think that's not coincidence because those are those two books. If you want to see the full revelation of the mystery, man, just read, read Ephesians and Colossians. And, uh, but it wasn't until I actually got a hold of a copy of an authorized King James Bible that I quickly realized there was a lot of things that uh, were different. And so I started diving very deep into my studies. And, you know, we live in 2019. We have incredible technology today. We've got apps. It's amazing what we can kind of cover. And so what I ended up doing for a good year was I was pulling up this Bible. And I was pulling up my phone. And I was pulling up all the biggest translations. NIV, ESV, NLT, NASB, you name it, Amplify, laying every single one of those translations. It's just one click away, and this is just me, and you're going to have to do this on your own time. And I concluded a couple things, a couple things. Do I take Jesus at his word that not one jot or tittle shall no wise pass until all will all be fulfilled? Do I really take Jesus at his word that not one word shall pass from heaven and earth until all things be fulfilled? Do I really believe that God can keep his promise and preserve his word from this generation forever? And then I had to ask the question, do I believe that there are many that corrupt the word of God? So I started answering all these questions for myself, as you should too as well. And then I started looking at the money involved with Corrupting the Word of God. There's an interesting study. Hmm, I wonder how much sales and money you can make off if you just change this verse, if you change this word, if you remove this verse completely. Well, now I started connecting the dots from my studies. Well, I know who's behind that. And I can look, I can read in Genesis, and I can see how Satan operates. Uh, adding, subtracting, taking away. <coughs> Anyways, I went on a rabbit trail and I apologize. But ignorance of this mystery, that blindness has happened in Israel till the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. That's a mystery that was not revealed until Paul. Equality of Jew and Gentile. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. I think all that to say, from my where I'm at, uh, I read and study out of the King James Bible because I concluded that this scriptures, the scriptures in this book, are the pure and perfect preserved word of God. And you're going to have to ask yourself those questions. All right, equality of Jew and Gentile, Galatians chapter three, verse twenty-eight. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Now this is a mystery. Okay? This is a completely different. Because when you go back and you read the 39 books of the Old Testament, you see God dealing with respective persons. You see God blessing the nation Israel. And guess what? You had to bless Israel so God could bless you back then in those days. And if you didn't bless it, if you cursed Israel, guess what? God cursed you. And you had to go through the nation Israel. You had to become a proselyte or do works of righteousness back here. But today, there's no Jew or Gentile. There's no respective persons with God. That's a mystery. 
Another thing, one baptism. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. <coughs> Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 5. We'll start verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called into one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Now, I know the next part I'm going to be going might ruffle feathers. I'm going to tell you, hang with me. Hang with me for a second. I want you to take a look at the scriptures. I want you to consider some things. Go to Acts 1 in one hand. Acts 1. And I want you to grab 1 Corinthians 12 and the other. I'm going to ask you to just have an open mind and consider these scripture verses. Consider the Word of God, not what I'm saying. Acts chapter 1, notice in verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. How many baptisms do you see in that verse? Two. You see water baptism from John the Baptist. And then you see a baptism with the Holy Ghost from the Lord Jesus Christ, baptizing his disciples. And you just read through the rest of Acts uh, 1 and 2, you can see that baptism of the whole, with the Holy Ghost and what happened with it. Signs and wonders came out. Tongues and prophecy, right? He word. With, right? Two baptisms. That's God dealing with the nation of Israel. You go and read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John even said, I baptize with water, but he that comes after me is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Talking about Christ. So when we get to Acts 1, 5, nothing different. Nothing's changed. But then Paul, who's read in Ephesians, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So, I told you what I, what I tell you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Notice what Paul writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. Well, there's clearly a difference here, folks, because... There were two baptisms with the nation of Israel, one with water, one with the Holy Ghost. And then with Paul, we have one baptism by the Spirit into one body. So today, there's a baptism, and it's a spiritual baptism. It's that moment where you come to realize, there's nothing I can do to earn my salvation. I'm no good. I'm not righteous. In fact, I am, my, my righteousness is filthy rags in the sight of God that God literally had to send His Son to earth to die a horrible death at Calvary, shed His innocent blood on my behalf, be buried, go into the grave for three days, and then be raised up from the third day for my justification. And by me simply believing that, 
what happens is you're baptized by the Spirit into the body of Christ. And you don't, you can't see it, you can't feel it, there's, there's nothing, it, it just happens. It, God deposits His Spirit into you, and now you're a temple of the Holy Ghost. That's mind-blowing. If that doesn't blow your mind, I don't know what will. That the Holy God that came and died and bled for you, no other God's done this, is now dwelling in people that simply believe and trust in that word of truth. So it's one baptism today, and it's a spiritual baptism. So then, I'm going to ask you the question, then why are there all of these baptism parties everywhere? And let me pause and say that this is something that I did in my past, guys, and I did it in ignorance. I baptized many people. I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing what Matthew 28, 19, and 20 said, because I was taught that that's what I need to do. No one had shown me the truth. No one showed me that the truth of God needs to be rightly divided. And today, what you see is everybody over-spiritualizing everything and everybody wanting to claim to be spiritual Israel. When in fact, the verses that we just read clearly says that they've been set aside. So, there must be another spirit at work. That's not of God. Something to think about. Satan's not masquerading as this evil being that's so, oh my gosh, that's pure evil. No. He's masquerading as an angel of light, and he has all of his followers that appear to be these ministers of righteousness. Only way you're going to be able to decipher them is through the book, through the scriptures. Only way. Last thing that leads to my next point is a new commission to preach. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Hang a left. This is going to be the greater commission. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17. Look what Paul tells the Corinthians. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross, cross is to them that perish foolishness. Foolishness. But unto them that are saved is the power of God. Verse 21. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, but it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So, completely different instruction right here from what Christ told the twelve when we started this lesson. Was it not? He told the twelve, go ye to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But then we get to Paul... And we're in 1 Corinthians, and what does he tell them? Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel of Christ. And it's the power of God unto salvation. The gospel has the power to save you, you hearing and believing it. That's why we need preachers, to preach the word. That's why I'm hoping that we can find faithful men that can continue to get a hold of this thing, because it's so important. Because it's, the gospel is the only thing that saves not any works that we do, but what are we getting crammed down through the Christendom? Jesus Christ did his part, now we've got to do our part. Oh, if you don't quit sinning. Man, you're not saved, right? That's the message you'll get. You'll be, you might be one of those goats when he separates the sheep from the goats.
Is that not what you, you, you hear? So oh, yeah. I want to show you a couple more passages. I know we're going over, but I don't want to end with this. So I got some verses for you to consider if this is the first time you're hearing this. And you might be completely questioning everything that you've been taught or raised in your religion or your denomination. You need to consider those things but done. That's what Paul did. This guy, he was a, he was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. In the law, he was blameless. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. This dude knew his Old Testament scriptures and his religion and profited above all of his anybody in his equals from his old days. But he counted it but dumb to know Christ. Same thing happens for us. You need to count your religion but dumb. You don't do it dumb, flush it down the toilet. So, look at these verses and consider it. That, that should uh, count all of these things that we just talked about. Uh, Romans chapter 15. Now this is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking through the Apostle Paul. Things that he revealed to him. Romans 15 verse 8. Now I say, Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. Circumcision being Israel. For the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. Contrast this verse with verse 16. That I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to who? The Gentiles. Ministering the gospel of God that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Two different ministries there. One to Israel. One to the Gentiles. It's important for you to see that. Romans 11, 13. Hang a left. Paul writes, For I speak to you Gentiles, and as much as I am apostle to Gentiles, I magnify in mine office. Got a newsflash for you today. Everybody's basically Gentiles. Every, the whole world. You. If you're tuning online, you're a Gentile. Okay? It doesn't matter. Everybody's that today. That's who God's dealing with. It's all nations. Let's go to 1 Timothy. Now, this is a thing. People like to question the validity of Paul's apostleship. In fact, you'll find Bibles that take his 13 epistles and completely remove them out of it. Questions I want to ask you is who was Paul an apostle by the will of? Jesus Christ. So let's read 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of our God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. So it was God's commandment that this man be an apostle of the Gentiles. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. So by the commandment of God and by the will of God, this dude was appointed to be a preacher, a teacher, an apostle of the Gentiles. He is our apostle today. He's the one that we need to follow if we want to follow Jesus Christ. And I encourage you, dive in those 13 books. It's the 13 books right after the book of Acts. Romans 2, Philemon. Read it through and through. Read it through and through. If you've never read it, you've probably only been raised up with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You probably stopped there. Well, read the book, book of Acts. See everything that happened after. And then you can start learning about this man and his testimony and what Christ had him go through to deliver the message that saves us today. So, we talked about the setting aside of Israel. That's a mystery. We talked about the equality of Jew and Gentile. 
That's a mystery. We talked about one baptism, the spiritual baptism into the body of Christ. That's what God's doing today. It's a dry baptism. It's not wet. You're baptized by the Spirit, not by water. By the Spirit, we're baptized in one body. And we talked about the greater commission. No longer is God just dealing with just those 12 tribes. He's dealing with everybody. He's dealing with everybody. And the commission now is to preach the gospel of Christ. And that's what we're trying to do here in Franklin. And that's what we're trying to do here, reaching everywhere we can in the world. So let's close in a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for the one baptism today. The, the freedom that we have in Christ, living under grace, not being a slave to sin. God, that free gift that we have in you is just incredible. And that we are now temples of the Holy Ghost. You live and dwell in the believers. That's just an incredible and amazing gift that we have, a spiritual blessing that we have. We thank you for the time where we can come and study and be edified and build belts up. God, we pray for those who are tuning in line, that if they haven't put their trust in you, that they do so now. And God, if, if, they, if they're getting being revealed these truths, God, that they would receive them and go search these things out in the scriptures and come to a conclusion for themselves. And we love you, Lord. We pray this all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much.